Today's episode is brought to you by Julia Hampton. Julia Hampton CPA PC has been your trusted source for local tax preparation, payroll, and business services for more than 20 years. Do you have a tax strategy heading into 2019? Mine is try not to pay any if possible. But if you don't, you should, and to get one, you should call Julia Hampton today at 816-554-0394. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man almost freed from his temporary status as a stereotypical blogger in his mom's basement. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. Point of order, Mr. Co-host. Yeah. I'm not in the basement. Okay, sure. I'm just in a room in a corner of something I think is a house and it's you're you're uh, blogging from your mom's house by the way you're a 40 something year old man the move will be over this weekend <laughs> thank you hooray and we'll have a a new I'm bringing the fun to district one a new district one link to Lee Summit Studios link to Lee Summit's the source for all the news you need about this very fine city today's unofficial sponsor is the number 19, which just happens to be the number of years that Nick Parker has been married and representing the anniversary he recently celebrated. Congratulations, Nick, and I think hearty sympathies to a Mrs. Linktily Summit who must be an incredibly patient person. She is. It's true. I'm glad to join the club. Yep, welcome to the club. I, I, we recently, uh, my, Mrs. Norbury and I recently celebrated our 19th as well, so... Ta-da. Ta-da. Well, there's not a lot to celebrate locally, uh, Jason. Not much happened in the last want, couple of weeks. Do we want to do a podcast about all the fun uh, mountain sites that you sent me pictures of while you were on vacation? I could. I could talk about the mountains for months. It's beautiful. It was wonderful. I hadn't been back since the 80s, so it was nice to see again. Yeah, you. the pictures you sent me made me pine to go back to the mountains for the first time in a very, very long time. Yeah. It was beautiful, but I'm glad to be back, and there's going to be some exciting stuff happening at Lee Summit and with our podcast, so stay tuned, everyone. But I first, I don't even know what you're talking about, so it's going to be a surprise for me, too. Yay! That's what you get for being an unpaid uh, contributor. Yes, this is how it works. So, Jason, what happened while I was gone? Anything, anything with the soap opera? Uh, no, actually, it was very unsoap opera. Uh, everybody was good and got along and said nice, relatively nice things, even when they disagreed on issues. Um, I so like to was, hear that. That makes me feel good. Um, so that was nice. There was a couple of votes. Uh, there was a vote to essentially authorize the negotiation of a TIF deal for the uh, cityscape apartments in downtown. Uh, that was one thing. So the the long and short of it is that project continues to move forward. What the TIF deal looks like, it's got to go through a whole bunch of procedural stuff, come back to the council again, plus the planning and all the other bits and pieces. So it's still way early, but it's not dead yet. Um, so that's a nice thing. And for those of us who are advocates of more housing downtown, we are thumbs up in favor. Um, the other big uh, uh, piece, I think, is that the Velocity Entrepreneurial Group got uh, approved for a PSA with the city. Uh, that vote was 6-3, um, and uh, 
not a lot of controversy on that. I think they did some amendments to it, made some changes, uh, really pushed for uh, making sure the velocity can come forth with metrics on what what they've been doing and the difference that they're making as they go forward. So that's the big stuff. It was quiet, and there's no council this week, so it's really quiet. Well, not too quiet because, Jason, next week it's election day. Right. We go outside of the city stuff this week. We're going to look at county, state, and federal elections because the primaries are next Tuesday, August 6th. And the key thing to remember here, you go vote. It's the 7th? Okay. Well, it's Tuesday, whatever day that happens to be. (laughs) I apologize. I don't know the calendar. Tuesday will come up and I will go vote. That's what I know and that's what you should know. There's really not a lot for you and I to talk about here. Um, Really, many of the races are unopposed or... They are opposed, but unless you're really personally involved with the candidates, it's it, it's hard to know some of the differences between them. So we've kind of picked a few that we think um, people can relate to and people in the community want to watch. The, the first one, Jason, I think is for the, the Republican primary for the Missouri legislature, the 35th district for the House. Former uh, Parks and Rec director Tom Lovell is running against Sean Smith, another local person. Right, and this is kind of an interesting dynamic um, from a primary perspective. You know, primary voters tend to be uh, the the strong have the strongest opinions that lean in their partisan directions. So, agree if you disagree with them, they look like crazy people. If you agree with them, you think, well, they, sure, they should think all of these things, right? But this is a little bit interesting, I think. One because uh, Tom is has been in the community for 40 years. He was 38 years in charge of the uh, Parks and Rec Department. Everybody knows who Tom Lovell is, or basically everybody knows who Tom is. And he is running... He's also I, about like 6'8 or something, so you see him everywhere. Right, because his head sticks out above the crowd. Right. Uh, but you're, uh, he's running what I would consider a more centrist or that kind of a race. So he's, he's not sticking to the absolute Republican orthodoxy versus Mr. Smith, who as best we can tell, and we've done a little bit of digging around is running an extraordinarily orthodox uh, Republican primary race. And so it'll be interesting to see if name recognition overwhelms the partisan ideology um, or vice versa, or if it's a really close thing. And honestly, even if I guess I'm absolutely correct, that may not be what decides the election. Well, except for that confusing bit at the end, that was a good way of describing it. Right. So I think it's a good You're way to look at the race. Circle talk there. Well, no, I think those, are, but you, at the end, you can always, it's hard to tell what actually drove the votes one way or another, but at, as best I can tell, those are the major differences between the two candidates uh, going forward. And, and, you know, you and I have both had, uh, reason to interact with Tom over the years on a number of things. And, um, and so, you know, that's what I can tell from what I've seen from the race and, and we'll see how it plays out. Another uh, race of note, Jason is the, in the Senate where Senator current Senator Mike Searpoy has an opponent, but it's an interesting opponent. Yeah, uh, this is a little interesting. He's running against uh, Le- Jonas Hughes, or Leonard Jonas Hughes the Fourth, I think is the official name on the ballot. But uh, Mr. Hughes is a former state representative, but he was last elected in 2010 as a Democrat. 
Um, I couldn't find anything on his website that indicated what it was that led him to have a party switch, uh, but it has, and taking that upon good faith, uh, he's running as a running for the state Senate uh, as a Republican in this time. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, most likely, I would assume that Mr. Sirpoy will win and set up a rematch uh, of last fall's special election uh, between uh, him and Hillary Shields on the Democratic side, who is running unopposed in her primary. So we're going to see likely see more of the same come November's election. Probably. Um, but you know, once again, your vote is, uh, those of you voting in the Republican primary will have an opportunity to, uh, to voice that out and, and could make a change if you are unsatisfied with the way that Mr. Sirpoy has uh, presented himself so far. I want to pivot now a little bit from the state side to something a little more close to local, and that is the Jackson County legislature election. Jason, we don't talk a lot about the county legislature on this show, mostly because we stay so hyper local. I think come November's election, we're going to, you and I are going to delve into that a little more because there are some things coming that will affect our local community. But there is one race in this election that kind of stands out a little bit. And I think it stands out only because there's actual campaigning happening. Right. Uh, so most of the county legislature primary races are either unopposed or have only been barely contested by one, if not both of the people or of the people that are in the race. Uh, the one I think that has drawn the most attention and has gotten the most campaigning is the at-large district two. So the at-large means that Everybody in the county will vote, um, but the people have to come from the section, the candidates have to live in the section of the county that represents District 2, or that, the second at-large district in there, which is a little confusing, but such is politics um, as a whole. Um, so the two candidates are the, the incumbent, Crystal Williams, uh, versus John Burnett. Now, John is, Mr. Burnett is a former state legislature legislator, and his wife, currently serves in that role um, and was elected basically following John's terms. His uh, spouse, Ingrid, was elected and um, is on the ballot actually as well, but unopposed for that particular district race. And so I don't know, um, it, getting into county politics brings in a lot of stuff that maybe you and I aren't fully qualified to, to speak on, but essentially I think the way I have been able to sort of parse this out is Crystal Williams has, I would say, been fairly critical of a lot of the ways that county government has been taking place over the last couple years while she's been in that office. Um, and and I, would, I would suggest that Mr. Burnett's uh, candidacy is a response to that. Um, and that this ties in a little bit, I think, to the what we'll be talking about farther in the fall, the uh, charter amendments to the county charter that are coming through that will have some impacts on the relative balance of power between the county executive and the legislature as we go forward. We're not going to dig into those right now because those are going to be on November's ballot, but that's sort of the, the fault line, I think, between the candidates as they go forward. Staying at the county level, there's an interesting note here. There was going to be a primary election for county sheriff. However, there's been a lawsuit, and then a judge has rendered a decision. While it's still on the ballot, Jason, if people are voting the Democratic primary, 
Or votes the Republican for, primary. Or for the Republican. You're right. You're right. Votes for the sheriff's office will not count. Correct. So this is, man, you know, the county politics are, we could do a separate podcast on county politics and keep ourselves entertained for years. It, it'd just be weird. I know. And I'm, I'm not even going into it because good Lord, the trouble we would probably get ourselves into. But essentially with the resignation, the voluntary absence from the office from Mike Sharp earlier this year, within a year of the election, state law says um, apparently that the county committees get to appoint nominees for the role to fill the spot and finish the term. Um, right. This is all based on the timing of his resignation. Right. It's in the middle of his term and within a year of the election. That's the basic or year of an election. Um, and so it fills out. So this is that. So instead of, but for reasons that I don't understand or don't know, we have um, a limited amount of space there, but there was about a week window when the county clerk opened the, for filing a number of candidates filed. There has been campaigning. And at the end, uh, we have this now mooted out uh, election that will be there. Your votes for county committee that you make on the primary ballot will be the ones that actually choose the nominees to go to the final ballot in November. So that, that and that choice, um, so that becomes more important for the sheriff than voting in the, uh, what's in the primary election that we have right there. So there you go. Um, and I don't think there's anybody on the county committee that's been advertising who they're going to choose in that fight. No, that'll come later. So, all right. So this brings us to the last one. And by far, I think the biggest and most impactful one on the ballot this week. Right. This is a statewide um, issue. This is Proposition A. This is the proposition surrounding unions. Right. So let's, let's give you a brief procedural history. And then Professor we'll Jason, um, go through there. So, uh, last year in the uh, legislature, the the legislature passed some um, what is colloquially called right to work legislation, which essentially makes it impossible for a union to have what they call a closed shop, where everyone who is working in that particular facility has to be a union member. The unions in the state banded together, started a, uh, a signature campaign, and have now the issue put on the ballot this year uh, to see if the, the voting public thinks that that is a good measure or a not good measure. It was originally scheduled to be on the November ballot, and then it got moved from the November ballot to the August ballot. I'll let that lay where it is. Uh, and... And, and that's the basic gist of the background where we've gotten to. So now we're talking about a vote on whether we want this law that was passed by the legislature to stand or fail. And I think the best way, Jason, for you and I to bring this, <clears throat> to bring this in for our listeners is to talk about how it could affect things locally. We have been talking for 14 months in this community or more, right, about compensation for union represented workers. Right. And, and, and the gist of this is, you know, the union represented workers wanted to get more money uh, through their collective bargaining. And in the end, however you feel about the issue, the short version is the taking away of the closed shop option, for lack of a better way to put it, weakens the power of the unions to do the negotiating that they do. 
um, and would have an impact. I think if you ask the two unions or the three unions what they think about Prop A, almost certainly, though I haven't seen anything published, they're going to be um, on the no side on that. So if you want to like think about if you were in favor of the unions getting a higher level of compensation out of the last um, there, this is something that the unions would be in favor of to keep their compensation as high as they can get it. That's the basic, I think, nut of the idea there. So if you are pro-union, you would, you know, you're going to vote one way. And if you are not pro-union, you're going to vote uh, a different way on that. So that's the, that's the kind of the, the local spin on it. If you want to, if you want to think of it that way. Well, let's just, I, I think some people get a little confused as to, to what their vote is going to mean. So Jason, let's just clarify real quickly. A yes vote on proposition A means what? That means that uh, you are not in favor of what the unions are in favor of. Um, I don't want to say you're anti-union, although eh, maybe so. Um, and that means you want the state law to stay and you want to limit the ability of unions to require membership. If you want to vote in favor of the union stance, you would vote no on Proposition A. And so those signs you see that are out there um, on the roads are, say, vote no on Prop A. Those are pro-union uh, signs. I think that really covers the, the few races and issues um, of import during this. I don't want to say the others aren't important, but I think these are the ones that stand out. As always, Jason, we encourage everyone to go vote. It is next Tuesday. Check your voter card that probably came in the mail last week or two weeks ago. Or go to places. or go to jcebmo.org and you can search if you're one of our Jackson County residents and you can search uh, there for your voter registration to make sure that it is up to date and find your polling place. Well, thank you everyone for listening. It was a short episode this week. We will be back next week after a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Budget Blinds of Lee's Summit. Hey, Jason. What's your favorite high school in the Lee Summit area? You want to win uh, no. some money for that one? No, I don't want to make any enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't well, hey, go to one, so I'm not going to pick one. Folks, whether or not your favorite local high school is Lee Summit, Lee Summit West, Lee Summit North, Summit Christian Academy, St. Michael's, whichever one it is, you're going to get your chance to vote on the Budget Blinds of Lee Summit Facebook page and get a little money to your favorite school's Athletic Booster Club. That's absolutely right. They, You get to go follow the Facebook page for Budget Barnes of the Summit. Uh, they're going to be posting pictures. You get to vote for your favorites, and the winner is going to have their school colors featured in a window display at Budget Blinds, and a little bit of uh, Booster Club money will go their way. And really what all this boils down to, Jason, is some pretty darn cool technology that Budget Blinds offers where you get to create your own designs, your own colors, and then it makes your own fabric for your drapes. It's pretty impressive stuff. So folks, if you want to do orange and link to Lee Summit, you've got my support. Now there's a high school that we can get behind.
high school? I think grade school. Yeah, well, that's our maturity level, not perhaps <laughs> where we actually should be. So go to facebook.com slash summit. Check out their ads. Vote for your favorite. Win somebody some money. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall with hosts Jason Norberry and Nick Parker. Catch us every Wednesday at linktoleesummit.com or subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.